0: Before we start this show, just a word from our sponsor. 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams, along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest that pro wrestling has had to offer. Along with their awesome line of pro wrestling apparel, they do offer many services. In the world of wrestling, there are hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads. Don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20x20 20 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. If you would like to discuss possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or whatever drop them a line go to 20 by 20 apparel that's the number 20 x the number 20 apparel.com now let's get to the show i'm jim duggan
1: got long wood for plenty hoes i keep it Shit and fresh, and But you already know You suck is bummy I'm money I got a ton of flows My weed loud Like a motherfucking thunder roll Your shit quiet Like you ballin' On a budget though We see your kicks And we laughing Yelling while it those. You see me shining Like a suit on puffy You know my grind
0: And shit is too strong Buddy That's why the dude Call money I be stunting Like it's nothing at all Cause it's nothing to me It's probably something to y'all. Tryin' to smoke like me to
1: come and Dog. got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it all. and the pressure than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence bitch, you see the way I'm rapping yes, I do do shit to death, Until tell I'm running out of breath, or tell somebody cut a check, but either way, you know it's fresh, but either way, you know it's fresh, fresh, fresh. we
0: fresh, fresh, fresh,
1: fresh, fresh, fresh,
0: Welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And on Fresh of the Word, we like to deliver wisdom through great stories from the minds of bright creatives of pop culture. Through those stories, we like to dissect the journey of our guests and present actionable lessons and advice for our listeners, no matter what career or avenue of artistry they pursue. And Before we get into this episode, I want to give a shout out to Nox Money, Bang Belushi, and Foul Mouth for the theme music for Fresh to the Word. And if you would like to support the podcast, you can always go to com, and just share any of the links for any of the episodes on any of your social media platforms. And also, you can subscribe to Fresh is the Word pretty much anywhere that podcasts are streamed, and that includes Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, pretty much everywhere. And please, rate and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It will definitely help out the show. If you want to contact me, you can always reach me by email at djkfresh at gmail.com, or you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at kfresh is the word and on facebook at facebook.com slash kfresh and you can also follow fresh is the word on twitter at fresh is the word and that's is with i z instagram at fresh is the word podcast and facebook at facebook.com slash fresh is the podcast and this is episode 156 the guest for this episode is steven brower who is currently playing the role of dimitri on the touring production of anastasia the new broadway musical The musical is described as, this dazzling show transports us from the twilight of the Russian Empire to the euphoria of Paris in the 1920s, as a brave young woman sets out to discover the mystery of her past. Pursued by a ruthless Soviet officer determined to silence her, Anya enlists the aid of a dashing conman and a lovable ex-aristocrat. Together, they embark on an epic adventure to help her find home, love, and family. During my chat with Stephen Brower, we talked about how he ended up getting a role as Dimitri in Anastasia, the auditioning process, staying healthy on the road, his upbringing in theater, and how it molded his life, and what makes Anastasia a special story. Anastasia will be making its Detroit debut this week at the Fisher Theater starting Tuesday, june 11th all the way through sunday june 23rd before hitting upcoming cities like grand rapids michigan milwaukee wisconsin and madison wisconsin before a slew of other cities for more information about purchasing tickets and the additional cities on the tour all you need to go is to anastasia the musical Dot com slash tour and that will be in the show notes for this episode at fresh of the podcast dot com before we get into the interview with Stephen I definitely want to remind you that you can support fresh is the word via patreon yes patreon it's a place where you can help creatives and artists and support their livelihood it's tough out there for us if you go to patreon.com slash fresh is the word for as little as a dollar a month you can help out Fresh of the Word. And we got a bunch of tiers for even more goodies. Uh for the $3 a month tier, you can get the Patreon exclusive episodes where I dig deep into my audio archives for interviews pretty much all with music artists from the past decade or so that I've done outside of the Fresh of the Word podcast. And I already have episodes up with Danny Brown, Cool Keith, and dubstep producer, 12th Planet. And the next one will be a two-part episode with Jay Dilla's mom, Ma Dukes, Maureen Yancey. So go to patreon.com slash word. and like I said, for as little as a dollar, you can help support Fresh the Word. All right, let's get on to this interview with Stephen Brower of Anastasia, the new Broadway musical. <laughs> I see that... Uh that uh, you originally started on the, uh, the Broadway uh, version of Anastasia, then you were able to uh, get onto the national tour. Talk about that journey.
1: Sure. Um, well, I think it was January of last year I had been auditioning for a lot of things and uh, got a call to come in for a vacation swing for Anastasia on Broadway which means someone who, that's just someone who comes in for a couple of weeks to be backstage in case someone randomly hurts themselves or gets sick and has to call out um, and they're down someone because of a vacation. So it's a really short job. Um, but I auditioned for that and got a call back the next day and booked that like literally that night, which was so exciting, and then started the next week. So that was my Broadway debut. And then uh, about a week later, I guess, they offered me a more permanent position to be in the ensemble and cover the lead. So that was really exciting because then I could tell my family, you know, come see me on Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And let's see, that must have been, so I must've done that from about March until June. And in that time they were having auditions for the national tour. And uh, I, of course, was interested in in taking over the role and doing the tour. So I auditioned for that. I had a huge leg up because I already knew all of the material and, you know, had rehearsed it on the Broadway stage. So it was really fun to just come in and see the creative team again and know all the material really well. And it all worked out. And now I'm here.
0: What do you think of, you know, what do you think contributed to – you uh, you know, getting the role on the national tour, along with just already knowing the material?
1: Oh, sure. Well,
0: I think um,
1: that I brought something different to the table that they hadn't maybe seen from a Dimitri before. Um, I'm pretty goofy and sarcastic sometimes, and <laughs> I always lead with a sense of humor. So that is sort of reflected in my Dimitri. Um, I think that he is really funny and that he has a lot of walls built up Um, that he sort of copes with using humor, which, you know, I can relate to sometimes. So um, I think that that was a a different um, approach than maybe the other Dimitris had taken before. So I was really lucky and and happy that they allowed me to um, explore those sides of him.
0: How important is it to sort of put your own spin, put a little bit of yourself into any role that you play? I think it's super important. Um, you know, you end up doing this this
1: role eight times a week, and I think we've nearly done 250 shows. So uh, I think it's important to make the role your own, that everything feels comfortable to you, That um, that everything feels like it works to you, and... A teacher in school once told me, um, real human beings are far more interesting than the characters that we write. (laughs) So it's always going up on stage and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and in the moment and um, somewhat yourself in the role uh, is always going to be more interesting to watch than trying to put on a character that just doesn't fit you.
0: As you know, you know opportunities can come out of nowhere. How do you wrap your head about sort of changing gears?
1: um well, it, you know, just always being prepared, always uh putting your all into whatever you do it's It's hard the rejection in this business, but um, you know you can get material that you don't think suits you, and if you're not committed to it, and you know you have three other auditions happening that week and if you go in and you're unprepared, there's no way that you're going to get it. So I think the best thing that I do for myself is just always make sure that, you know, if it's something that I really want, really, really go for it and really be prepared to start rehearsals that day because that, you're right, it does happen sporadically and it happens fast. So really going for the ones that you want and not losing steam for the ones that, you know, don't work out. How do you sort of deal with rejection in your business? Um, friends. I mean, all of us go through it. So I always just rely on on my friends and um, hanging out with them and not taking it all too seriously and just trusting that with hard work and patience, the right jobs will come.
0: And as, as I was saying earlier, you know, things can change. Very quickly in your business, you know, when you have a role like you have right now as Demetrian, um, Anastasia, you know, is there a, is there a comfort that you have with the role right now, or do you know that you know you always got to think a little bit ahead at all times?
1: Oh, it's totally comfortable to know that um, that I have a steady paycheck, and it's such a weird thing as artists we we crave that comfort, and then the second that we get it we're like, okay, but what's next? <laughs> Let me get back to unemployment. Um, but no, this has been a really fantastic job opportunity and it's been something, you know, I've really relaxed into it a little bit and not worried too much about the future because I'm still having a great time.
0: You know, what is it about Anastasia that's a good, such a great story? And what, what is it about portraying it on stage that makes it, you know, special? Well, I think um,
1: it's sort of a rags to riches story in a way. It's about a girl discovering her identity um, and learning about her past. And I think that that's relatable to all of us—not um, really feeling like we belong in a certain situation or, or wanting to uncover some mystery about ourselves that is going to just change our lives. And and for her, it's really real. It's really palpable. Um, so it's really inspiring to watch this girl uh, find herself and change all the people around her as she does. And then in the end um, she's left with this new life and she has to choose between her new life or um, the person that she loves. And it's, it's just really touching and beautiful. And I think, I hope the audiences leave inspired every night. And that's really what keeps me um, Keeps me inspired to do it every night.
0: You know, topic, because, yeah, a lot of people can relate to that, you know, in many different ways um, mm-hmm. these days. You know, personally, how does that story kind of connect to you? How were you able to uh, connect with this Dmitri character?
1: Well, Dimitri, um, his story is a little bit different than Anya's. But he uh, he's about the same age. He raised himself in, in a tumultuous time in Russia. Um, his dad was killed early on, and his mom was never around. So uh, he has big ambitions and big dreams to get out of Russia and make a new life for himself. Um, so I can definitely relate to his ambitiousness and, you know, moving out of the Midwest and going to New York and starting fresh and working hard. um, Maybe being a little opportunistic at times and, and taking what you can get. Um, But he's a really noble guy on the inside, even if sometimes his means are not necessarily the most noble. So yeah, he's been really interesting to play.
0: Talk about the, just the sort of the aesthetics of Anastasia, the, you know, what, what are people going to see on mm-hmm. stage, you know, and how does that sort of, you know, make the story better? It's
1: a really fantastic spectacle. Um, the backdrop of our sets is this very high tech LED screen that um, Aaron Ryan has created projections for, which, uh, you know, Typically, you'd read that or hear that and just kind of breathe by it and say, oh, okay. But this technology didn't exist two years ago. And what you see on stage is is really breathtaking. It's like going, I don't know. It's like the kind of technology they use on the Pandora ride at Disney World. It's like <laughs> really an incredible reality that he creates. And it's beautiful. Um, and then on top of that, you have Linda Cho costumes, which she is a renowned costume designer and was nominated for a Tony award for these costumes, the, the budget is very clearly high and the dresses are actually truly breathtaking. It's cool. Cause I, from where I stand in one moment of the show, I can actually hear people gasp when Anastasia comes out in this blue dress. Oh, nice. So it's, it's really visually satisfying show for sure.
0: To kind of rewind back, you know, when you first started, you know, auditioning for the show, when you were uh, auditioning for the Broadway show, what's, you know, what did you have to go through? How did you sort of, you know, prepare, you know, for, for this uh, musical, you know, what was sort of your regular things that you had to do?
1: Well, for the audition process, it was really quick. We had a dance call um, that lasted about an hour and a half. They made some cuts, they heard us sing, and then that night we got emailed a packet of material, like two songs and three sides, and so I spent all night memorizing those and working on those, and then uh, I had a call back the next morning at 10 a.m., went through all of that material, went in front of the whole creative team, which was cool, and then in the afternoon, I got the job. So it was so quick. Um, and then to prepare for the show, I mean, it just depended on what my role was. For a while, I was a swing, so I was focused on just learning all of the material. And then I was in the ensemble, so I was just focused on warming up my body, warming up my voice, um, making sure I was in good shape and eating well and sleeping well. You know, doing eight shows a week is not easy for anybody. <laughs> right. So uh, just maintaining my, my health really. And then now, um, on top of that, it's a bigger responsibility and, uh, we're traveling. So our days off are really days at the airport. Um, so it's a lot of vocal health and gym time and cooking and tons of sleeping and (laughs) really not going too hard in the, exploring vacation mode that you want to be in when you go to these cool new cities. Right. Um, and really focusing on why you're there, which is to to tell the story.
0: What do you hope that the audience gets out of seeing this, you know, gets out of seeing Anastasia?
1: I hope that they feel inspired to pursue whatever it is they have going for them. Um, you know, if they, they, it's really cool. We had a student matinee recently where it was just truckloads of middle schoolers and maybe even <laughs> elementary schoolers and the oohs and ahs and gasps and laughs. It was just so cool nice. to do the show for them. And it reminded me, uh, you know, cause we got laughs in a lot of places that we don't usually get laughs or we got a lot of audible reaction. And it just reminded me that, that those kids live inside all of, the audiences that we have right they they may not flood the houses but uh those kids exist in every house that we have and in all of the adults that come to see our show too i really think it speaks to something deep and visceral and human in people so i I hope that they're a little bit more in touch with their childlike sensibilities i don't know I, i hope that they're inspired and giddy and excited when they leave the show
0: yeah, like kids are, you know, really sort of honest with their expressions, and totally. I feel like, yeah, you know, I feel like, you know, adults still have that, but they kind of contain their their emotions and their expressions a lot more than a kid does. So it's totally. kind of so. I bet it was it was awesome to see, you know, those kind of expressions from a whole room of kids.
1: Yeah, it was. It was really really special.
0: Kind of going, you know, rewinding back also, you know, when did you first, you know, get that sort of bug to want to be an entertainer, you know, get into all of this, you know, what kind of a kid were you?
1: (laughs) Well, um, I was the youngest of three boys. Well, I guess I still am. Um, But I remember I was about eight years old and there was a neighborhood playhouse in the park near my home that my um, middle brother would go, I guess it was the first summer he did it, but he he would go to like a summer camp there that was for kids for three weeks and they would teach you improv games and put on a show at the end. And I remember sitting in this awful, fluorescently lit linoleum floor, folding chair theater and just falling in love with it. I just thought it was the coolest, most fun thing. And my mom likes to say that I forced her to put me in <laughs> <laughs> um, because I was, I was, I was so in love with it. So the next summer I did that and I continued to do that all growing up. until, you know, middle school and high school, when I started doing shows at school and then, um, the bugs really, the bugs bit hard because I, I really never stopped doing it. And then I was lucky enough to go to Texas state university where I got my BFA in musical theater. Um, and now here i am
0: what were some of the you know things musically that you you loved you know during this journey you know when you were a kid when you were a teenager you know what were some of the things that you looked up to and was like yo i want to do that someday well it's funny in high school we did a high school production
1: of ragtime which if you don't know it is like an epic epic musical with incredible music And, um, it's actually written by the same team who wrote Anastasia, which is very cool. Um,
0: full circle, full circle. I remember
1: full circle. Very, I remember, you know, of course it was a high school production. It was awful, but I just remember the music and the world that that music created was so cool and so, um, different than anything I'd heard before. And I, I remember Being in awe that a musical could tell such an epic story like that, Um, yeah, I just remember listening to that that score in the car on road trips and just like daydreaming of what it looked like. It was it was really cool.
0: You know, beside you know, as a as a kid, beside you know, doing any the musicals or theater, what were some of the other things that you were into?
1: Um, I was a figure skater for a while. (laughs) Little known fact. And, uh, I was really into that. My aunts got me into that. And, um, it was like around high school, this coach from Dallas was working with me and my partner and, um, telling me, you know, I moved to Dallas and I broke up with my partner and I, um, started homeschooling that like, I could make it as a figure skater and my mom was like, well... I didn't want to make it as an actor and that's when I started to like take things more much more seriously for theater because I I had to quit skating. It got to a point where it was like well, okay. they were both too demanding. Well, I so I did that and then I I did tennis. Um I did stuff that kids do in the summers between semesters. Um but it was really all uh, theater for me, all the time. I just loved, uh, when I started to take dance classes, I loved dance, I loved singing, and I loved being in the school productions.
0: You know, what was uh, what was sort of that first thing that you did when you realized that you wanted to take theater seriously?
1: I don't know. I think it may, may have been the decision to, to quit skating and to start really taking theater seriously, because... For a long time, I just sort of thought that it was all going to work out. You know, I was a kid. I didn't, like, think longevity. I just kind of thought, oh, this is what I like to do. This is what I will continue to do forever. Right. Um, And then it wasn't until I had to make the decision to, oh, I need to take classes and voice lessons, and I need to start figuring this out and figuring out myself if I want to do this. And I went where I met tons of other kids like me from all over the country and worked with amazing Broadway guest artists and I mean that was the cool that was the coolest summer ever when I got to meet all of these people and like realized that this is actually a career I could actually pursue
0: well, When you have two things that could possibly be a career and you have to make that decision. And then you make a decision and you start going this theater route. Do you felt like, did it feel like you, and it made you grow up a little bit quicker than maybe other people? I do.
1: Um,
0: Yeah, I do. I really do. I
1: am like hesitant to say it because now looking back on it, like I like to laugh about it because it's just kind of a funny story choosing between ice skating and musical theater. Like, could you pick two? Um, more <laughs> strange or like difficult careers to get stability.
0: <laughs> right. um,
1: it's not like I was choosing between like being an artist and being a doctor. Like I was choosing between being an artist and being an artist. Right. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, but I really do think, yeah, uh, that, that, that that made me grow up pretty quick and just kind of like Dimitri, focus on my goals
0: and how was I was going to achieve those things. Afterwards, did you just, you know, do you just continue to figure skate for shits and giggles? No, I totally quit. You just totally put it behind you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was at the point where I was waking up every day at five in the morning to go skating before school. And then after school would be in school production. So I would stay, you know, and I was also trying to do like AP and ID classes. Like I was the craziest kid. I was never home
0: oh damn yeah that's a lot of uh that's a lot on your plate man it was a lot on my plate yeah <laughs> that's why i'm so lazy now right. <laughs> right he's like i've been there and done that i'm gonna take some time <laughs> to chill my
1: hardest years are behind me 15, <laughs> your <now. hardest> years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you um you talked to earlier about you know staying healthy while on tour you know what you know what do you do on a daily basis? You know what sort of foods do you eat? You know what kind of exercise do you do to to stay on tour, stay healthy while you're on tour because you're doing eight shows a week.
1: Well, I wake up what most people would consider pretty late, like ten o'clock. Um, I make myself breakfast, usually you know eggs, toast, avocado, um, healthy stuff, <laughs> and. I usually like lounge around, you know, I still have life. I have to take care of like emails to respond to and uh, phone calls to make. And then I always go to the, I'll almost always go to the gym. Um, if I don't, I'll try to go to yoga or I will uh, play tennis with my friend, Ed, who's also in the cast. We play tennis usually at least once a week. Um, which is just a fun way to like do something completely unrelated to the show right. and also, you know, physical, physically exert yourself. Um, and then it's, it's kind of about time to like regroup, make some food and head to the show. Um, but it's different every day because Tuesdays, you know, are our first days in cities. So we have to get there pretty early. Then Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays are our easy days. Cause we just have one show. So those are my, the typical days that I was just talking about. And then Saturdays and Sundays, we have two shows. So um, those days are pretty much wake up, eat food, get to the theater, nap, do another show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, if there was anybody listening to this interview, no matter what sort of avenue of artistry that they're in, if there was a nugget of advice that you could give to them that they could project into their own life, you know, what would that be? Um, there's this Ira Glass quote that I really like, but I'll butcher it now. It's
1: kind of long, but the, the point of it is that all artists have a vision for what their art is or what their art could be. And you paint a picture and it's frustrating because it's not that and you paint another picture, and it's frustrating because it's, it's not meeting your standard of artistry. But it's, this quote is beautiful, and, and it talks about how you just have to keep working, and you have to keep growing, and you have to keep producing work in order to attain that level of artistry. That's what makes you an artist. So you actually are presenting quality work, and you will achieve that vision, but not if you quit.
0: How do you keep going like using, you know, in your own in your own artistry, you know, in context of that quote?
1: Well, you know, I told my mom, (laughs) I told my mom off (laughs) when I was probably 16 because parents always want to make sure their kids are going to be okay, And, you know, all the talk was about your backup plan. What's your backup plan going to be like? What happens if this doesn't work out? What are you going to do? And I told her that I don't have a backup plan. And if I had one, it'd be far too easy to fall back on, which is totally true and still true for me today. Like, in fact, the further I get into this career, the harder it is in a lot of ways. Um, The health, the perseverance, you know, just getting older, just um, having to pay bigger bills and bigger taxes. And it would just be so easy to not do this <laughs> that you have to really love it and you have to really um just know that you just have to accept all the the struggles that come with the job if you if you love what this is
0: maybe so not a, just knowing that right maybe not a backup plan but is there anything that you would love to do in the future outside of what you're doing right now
1: Well, I've always really wanted to direct, and I think that um, eventually my career will will sort of um, head in that direction. I don't know when that will be um, or how exactly, but it's always sort of been in the back of my mind that I want to be on the other side of the table, that I want to be a creator of theater more so than just a player. Um, But I have a lot of performing left to do for sure. (laughs)
0: Is there anything that you're doing now? Anything that you're picking up that will lead you down that road uh, of wanting to be on the other side of the of the stage?
1: Well, I write a lot. Um, I wrote a lot of. Me- I've written a lot of music with my friend um, who I was on tour with a couple years ago, and you know, nothing sort of comes of that other than just a good time and a concert every now and then. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've created some dance film stuff with some friends. And, uh, right now on the road, I'm trying to write a lot. I'm trying to write scenes and, uh, scripts and just continue to exercise that muscle. I don't think I'm a good writer by any means, <laughs> Who does? but it is, uh, but I really do need to just continue to stretch that, um, yeah. and work out that muscle. So that's kind of what I'm doing to uh, in my free time.
0: Is there anything, you know, while being on this touring company of Anastasia that you're paying att- attention to on the production side that may help you in your, uh, you know, future endeavors?
1: Well, it's certainly cool to do the same staging every night and realize how effective it is in certain places or, you know, in places that I think could be more effective or could highlight something else. Um, right now, you know, a director comes in saying it's cool from an actor's perspective because we we get to live the the blocking and the staging and the writing. You know, if there is a moment that really works, it's cool that we get to live it and feel that every night. And there are moments that don't so much work or work for... One character more than another, and it's cool to get to live that um, side of, of a director's mind. Because a lot of directors weren't actors or weren't performers, so I think um, you know I will always
0: have with me the knowledge that an actor has in in living that. You know, getting that sort of input about what works and what doesn't work. You know, does any sort of changes get made on you know while you're on tour?
1: um not typically i mean you know the pace of scenes or certain little tiny blocking things sort of evolve because um we actors just you know we can't do the same thing every night so little tiny differences help make it fresh for us um but we really we really take charge of that there's no like there's no one trying to change the show or, or switch things up on us.
0: Um, before we get out of here, where can people get more information online about Anastasia and what you're working on or where they can find you online? Um, they can find me online
1: at my Instagram handle, Steven Brower. Um, and they can find more info about the tour at, uh, Anastasia. I think it's Anastasia the musical.com.
0: Yeah okay great it's been great talking with you good luck with everything and I'll see you when you're in Detroit
1: okay thanks so much
0: all right that was my interview with Steven Brower who plays Dimitri on the touring production of Anastasia the new Broadway musical and like I said before it's making its Detroit debut this week at the Fisher Theatre in Detroit starting on Tuesday June 11th you can go to Anastasia themusical.com slash tour for more information about purchasing tickets. And you can also go to broadwayindetroit.com for more information on the Detroit date and anything else that Broadway in Detroit has coming up for the summer and for the next season of the Broadway in Detroit schedule. More information about Anastasia and what Stephen Brower is up to will be uh, links for all the, all that stuff will be in the show notes for this episode at freshthepodcast.com thank you listening again i took a little break because i was sick all week but i'm good to go now so thank you for listening goodbye and good night fresh is the world.